today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It wasn't too long ago that uh, there was a, a lot of concern about the auto industry in Canada. There's some announcements by GM and Ford and Chrysler that seemed to indicate that they were well, all but turning their back on what was happening on this side of the border. But uh, clearly there are better days ahead. And the, the, the latest good news, of course, uh, comes from uh, General Motors Canada. It says it's reached a tentative deal with Unifor to invest $1 billion to transform the Cami plant in Ingersoll to make commercial electric vehicles. Uh, Jerry Smith's got the details. The union says along with a significant investment, the agreement will mean new products, new jobs, and job security for workers. Details of the tentative deal will be presented to Unifor Local 88 members at a ratification meeting scheduled for Sunday. Results of the vote are scheduled to be released Monday. GM says the plan is to build Bright Drop EV600s, an all-new GM business announced this week at the Consumer Electronics Show that will offer a cleaner way for delivery and logistics companies to move goods more efficiently. Jerry Smith, the Canadian Press, Toronto. Well, and there's more good news about that too. And to bring us up to speed on what's going on and the uh, brighter outlook now for the auto industry, uh, pleased to welcome back to the program Jerry Diaz, a Unifor National President. Uh, Jerry, once again, thanks so much for the time. Great to have you on the show again today. Pleasure is always mine. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, actually, and, and feeling pretty good about this. Uh, as I was mentioning in the preamble here, I mean, a, a year or two ago, things were looking pretty bleak. We, of course, had the news about the Oshawa plant and, and the, the closure that was going to occur there. There's always concern. It has been for years, of course, about the Ford Oakville plant and the Cami plant, which has had good days and bad days. Uh, but everything is turned around, Jerry. What's what's going on here? All of a sudden, uh, we're, we're a pretty good place to do business, and, and you've got the big three back here, and not just back here, but uh, planting the flag and putting a lot of money into the uh, the investments here. Look, it's it, the last four months have been incredible for the auto industry. Um, we really had a, a real push within our union in our discussions with the Detroit Three about the future, about electric vehicles. Uh, we were concerned because up until we started negotiations in September 2020, over $300 billion had been allocated globally for electric vehicles, not one nickel here in Canada. So we had a heck of a lot of discussions about the industry where it's heading. And, and of course, um, within the last four months, uh, we've negotiated about $60 billion. So the Canadian auto industry, I will argue, really went from the outhouse to the penthouse in a very short period of time. And the recent uh, ratification that we had yesterday with our members at CAMI, uh, where we ratified the agreement 91%, it really is a home run. It's about moving into commercial vehicles. It's about the FedExes, the Amazons of the world. Um, it's about dealing with where the industry is heading and where consumers are, are definitely already at. So I think we're well positioned here in Canada. Well, and I think for the long term too, Jerry, because what what you're building here, as you mentioned, the electric vehicles. We'll get into more detail about that, and not just at Cami, but some of the other plants as well. Is uh, is this is this is looking toward the future right now? Because the the excuse they always gave for the shutdowns, the Oshawa thing comes to mind. Of course, is well, nobody's buying those cars anymore. You know, we're buying SUVs and, and trucks, and and Canada's not making those. So sorry, we're we're shutting things down. But now they've they've seemed to have pivoted. Now we are making uh, trucks here. I mean that's that's going to be one of the big deals, of course, uh, with the, the renewal of the Oshawa plant and electric vehicles. With the commitment that the federal government and it seems like the provincial government seems to be getting into the game now too. Uh, this is this is the future right now for the automotive industry, isn't it? Absolutely, um, and you nailed it. 
Uh, this is the first time I'll ever argue that the federal government and provincial governments have really put their politics aside. Um, have said, listen, the the auto industry is the number one manufacturing sector in this country. It's it's over eighty billion dollars a year a year, of which the overwhelming majority is export. So, like we've been yelling for decades about a national auto strategy, and for some unknown reason, the governments have just never been able to get their collective acts together. But that's changed. Um, I don't have any. I have no debates anymore. I speak to the Prime Minister's office. I speak to the various ministers federally. Speak directly with Doug Ford. Speak with Jeannie Wallace. There's no nonsense anymore. Everybody understands the importance of the sector. Everybody's talking about what the recovery is going to look like post-pandemic. Everybody's talking about the greening in the economy. And if you're serious about all those things, you have to start at the auto industry. And so their climate is much different today, I will argue, uh, than it has been for decades. The, I want to bring the politics into it. I'm glad you brought that up, but let's focus a little bit on, on the other side of the border for a second. Uh, the guy who's leaving the White House tomorrow and has been there for the last four years, of course, uh, pretty much had a policy that said we don't want the auto industry going anywhere outside of the United States. So just if you're going to invest, it's going to be here. Uh, how did you overcome that? Because I, I had to think that when that policy was enacted and Trump kept talking about that, that the GMs, the Fords, and the Chryslers were a little nervous about investing here because they figured they're going to get their wrist slapped. Uh, but, but somehow you seem to, to get around that and, and get these guys to the table anyway. Well, the bottom line is is that towards the end of Trump's reign, he really was the emperor with no clothes. Yeah. You could only huff and puff and threaten for so many years, and he did that for four years. And there's no question when, when employers... Uh, were moving out of the U.S. Uh, when they were outsourcing. Uh, Trump had a lot to say about it. It clearly negatively impacted their stock prices, so people were nervous. But like I said, uh, towards the end of the rain, I mean, Detroit 3, for example, started making decisions about are we going to fold based on Trump's uh, arguments and make bad business cases, or are we going to make business cases uh, which keep people employed and have a decent return to the shareholders? So, look, I'm under no illusion that this is all about the Detroit 3 and other companies making money as they should. But I think Trump lost a lot of his power just based on his sheer nonsense and, uh, you know, constant threats. People get sick and tired of being threatened, and they say, screw it. And I'm sure that's where everybody is now. Well, especially because, you know, the, the, the language that we heard, Jerry, after the terrible recession we all went through in 2008 and 2009, uh, and the renewal of the auto industry, and, and again, you talked about political partnerships. I mean, Stephen Harper and Dalton McGinney getting together, uh, who I thought you'd ever see that, but there they were at the podium talking about, you know, their, their commitment to this. But they talked about how investing in the Canada in the auto industry here was good business. And you got to figure that, you know, Ford, Chrysler, and GM, they knew that. Uh, and, and obviously they were concerned about what Trump said, but this is really them saying, you know what, to hell with what's going on in the White House. This is what's good for our companies and good for our workers. And that, that seemed to be the dominating mindset. Look, it is $20 an hour U.S. to build a vehicle in Canada than opposed to the United States. $20 U.S. We have universal health care. The exchange rate, I can start to walk through a whole host of things. So Canada is a great place to do business. So when you listen to the analysts, to the politicians, when you listen to those that claim to be in the know, talking about how uncompetitive we are as a nation, how uncompetitive we are um, as our workers in Canada, they don't know what they're talking about. I do this every day of my life. I bargain for a living. $20 U.S. an hour goes a long way in attracting business. And then that, as Matt says, any, you know, as many other things played a role. Our education system here in Canada, 
We're far more educated here in Canada than they are in the United States. I'm not trying to flag anybody, but that's the truth. Uh, we built better quality vehicles. Why? Because our members are more educated, I will argue. So there's a whole host of things that are, are playing in our favor, and they all came together uh, this winter and, of course, with Cami last week. Jerry, talk to us about, uh, about the electric uh, vehicles, and, and I know that's going to be the linchpin for the, for the CAMI plant. Uh, five years ago, I know governments were talking about that. Uh, the Wynn government, the previous provincial government here, of course, actually had an incentive program for people to do that, and it didn't really go over that well because I think a lot of people looked at it and simply said, well, you know, that's, that's fine. If, if, if you're buying you know, one of Elon Musk's cars, that's great, but what about the other stuff? Yep. But, but the, the industry itself is, has really pivoted, hasn't it? Uh, because it, it was anomaly for somebody to have an electric car five years ago, but with, with the, the Detroit 3 jumping on board, they obviously see the future here, uh, and, and they've really put an awful lot of time, energy, and money into, into the development of, of the, uh, the electric vehicles. Absolutely, but I think the government's plan, though honorable, you know, talking about subsidizing electric vehicles, I don't know why we would subsidize cars made in California and frankly, if you can afford to buy a Tesla, you don't need a rebate, I will argue. So I'm, I'm not into our government subsidizing vehicles built in other countries. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so we have the Pacifica in Windsor, which uh, makes a hybrid version of the Pacifica. We should, be, we should be investing in that. But as the industry expands here in Canada, and it will, we'll be building, uh, you know, you know uh, probably five different variations of vehicles in Oakville. I think if we're talking about green, the government should participate. We're talking talking about an assembly line in Windsor where we're going to build electric vehicles. We should talk about that. So if we're looking to, you know, green the roads, well, then we should also have a plan that talks about creating employment in Canada, not in California or, frankly, in Europe or in Asia. We should be talking about uh, Canadian taxpayers subsidizing Canadian jobs. Well, and and that's why I, I know the Cami plant is such a big announcement. I used to pass that place every day, every week. As a matter of fact, as my, my daughter was going to Western University, and we were doing the drive back and forth, and uh, and boy, it's it's gone through some rough times, peaks and valleys, I guess, like a lot of places in the auto industry right now. But this is really, really good news for Southwestern Ontario, isn't it? I've got six billion reasons to smile today. <laughs> And you mentioned about the Windsor plant and, of course, the Ford plant, too, uh, which is going through a rejuvenation right now. Is is the key to this whole thing, Jerry, the technology that's improved? I mean, the knock against electric vehicles a few years ago was, look, you know, that's great if you're going, you know, across town or something like that. But, you know, this is a big country and we drive a long distance, you know, to cottage country to visit relatives in Ottawa or whatever. uh, And you need something that's going to be more sustainable and going to get you farther. it, but the technology has changed. I mean, the electric vehicles that you're going to be producing uh, starting now are not the same kind as they were even two or three years ago. Look, the vehicles that we're going to be assembling in, in Cami can go 400 kilometers on a single charge. Uh, but what it also does is it creates opportunities for the country. I mean, we are very, very weak in infrastructure. Uh, we need charging stations uh, along the four, uh, not along four one, but we need charging stations right across the country. Because right now, if you have an electric vehicle, you're going from A to B and back to A for the charge. So there will be, I will expect, hundreds of millions of dollars invested across the country so that as we green the, the, the streets, uh, people are going to be able to get the charges they need. So that's going to create more jobs. It's, look, it's a huge industry, and I'm glad that we're on the forefront of it. I'm glad that Canada is taking it serious. Young people today view climate change as the issue of their generation, as they should. 
And we all need to get on board. This isn't very complicated. We have to have a strategy that says, here's what we're going to do, and then just do it. Well, and, and it's gratifying to know that and I know a lot of research going into electric motors right now is being done at McMaster University at the Automotive Research Center uh, down in the west end of the city, not too far from the the Mac campus, and uh, uh, and, and that's wonderful to know. Uh, but the other element to this, too, that doesn't get a whole lot of conversation, and maybe we should talk about this for just a couple of minutes. You talk about the impact this is going to have on, on your members and, of course, the workers in the plant, but the auto industry supports so many other uh, partner industries as well, auto parts manufacturing, things of this nature, yep. uh, that are going to start to thrive once again because of the investment the, the Detroit Three are making in the auto industry here? Look, it's 10 to 1. For every one direct job, there's 10 indirect. That includes supply base, that includes merchants, it includes everything. So, for example, Oshawa had closed, in essence. Uh, we were just building aftermarket parts. When it's up and running, it'll employ 2,500 people. You're looking at the better part of 25,000 jobs just with Oshawa alone. Same with Cami. The commitment is for a small 10 years. Uh, when we're up and running, we'll probably have a couple thousand jobs in Cami. And that's, you know, 2,000. You're looking at 20,000 jobs. So when you start to look at what we have negotiated over the last four months and the impact on the, in, in the communities in which we live, but as a province and as a country, it is absolutely significant. That's why governments around the world are all clamoring. Uh, to, to expand the auto industry and to excel at the auto industry because they know the payback is so significant. That's why when I hear people talk about corporate bailouts, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. I mean, the bottom line is if, 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 if you gave me $10 and I gave you $100 back a year for 10 years, you're giving me the 10 bucks in a hurry. And that's how simple this is. So this is huge for the country, and, and I'm very pleased uh, at what the bargaining committees and our members uh, were able to accomplish. Well, I know in the Hamilton area, they're pretty pleased about this. I mean, you know, the auto parts industry is, is a, a big part of the local economy in Hamilton, a stack pole in Orlick, and, and a lot of people being employed in, in those industries. And, you know, the more vehicles that are going to be made on the assembly lines here, it means more work that they're going to have. And, and of course, we haven't even talked about the retail side of things, uh, but that really took a hit after the 09 recession. And uh, it's, it's good to see that getting back on its feet, too. And I, I guess... The, the best news about this is, A, the investment, uh, but B, I guess, Jerry, is that the, these guys want to get to work right away. Look, the first uh, vehicle will roll off the assembly line in Ingersoll in November. We'll be in mass production by February. So within a year, uh, there's going to be a lot of great things happening, and, and they'll be running side by side uh, with the Equinox. So we are in very good shape, and nobody has really been able to say that about the auto industry here in Canada for decades. We used to be number four in the world in manufacturing vehicles. Now we're about number 12. Um, but that's changing. And the other side of this is as the industry pivots to battery electric vehicles, Canada is rich in raw materials. We have gifts that no other nation in the world has. What do we have? All the necessary ingredients for batteries. Nickel, aluminum, cobalt, magnesium, an abundance of it. So Canada should take the next step and we should start to manufacture our own vehicle, our own batteries, uh, not only for our domestic market, but for the international market. We've got it all. So we should be using our strengths as a nation to create jobs. We shouldn't just be content with mining our, mineral, our raw materials, shipping it overseas, and then buying back finished products. It doesn't make any sense to me. So we need a strategic plan, and that has to be a part of it. Jerry, are those conversations started yet? Absolutely. I'm all over it. 
I'm <laughs> speaking to the federal government. Uh, Doug Forbes, his credit is, is spending a lot of time talking about attracting, uh, in the, you know, attracting uh, industry to Ontario to manufacture the batteries. There's a lot of conversations going on. Well, and, and I, I know that was part of the that, that, that was part of the conversation about the Oakville situation as well. Is is let's just say let's let's start manufacturing those uh, because that's that's a, a fabulous export opportunity too, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Look, we will be assembling batteries in Oakville as a part of the agreement that we put uh, that we got put forward. But we're having this exact conversation with General Motors because they know the batteries that will be going in the EV six hundred in Ingersoll will be huge. So transportation costs are absorbent. So it just makes absolute sense that you build bulky commodities uh, right beside the assembly plant, just for the logistic common sense. Uh, Jerry, it's been an incredible turnaround, and, and you know, just uh, good news after good news when it comes to the industry. And I know that this latest announcement about the uh, the Ingersoll plant, the Cami plant, uh, is is the cherry on top of what's gone on over the last twelve months. Uh, congratulations to you and your staff. I know you guys have worked tirelessly over the last uh, year and a half to make all of this work, and uh, and it's good news for for your workers. It's good news for the Canadian economy too, which is why I know that the federal government said just uh, as soon as they get the ratification notice that uh, they're going to come to the fore. I know the province, as you mentioned, uh, is already on side with you guys too so it uh, looks like much better days ahead as soon as we get out of this uh, pandemic uh, we're going to be moving and shaking here and that's good news for everyone it is i appreciate it and thank you so much for your time i'm feeling pretty good about what we've been able to accomplish collectively you can do great things when when you put politics aside and a nation comes together for what makes the most sense uh, for workers and for the industry at large absolutely much for your time Thank you, Jerry. Jerry Dias, of course, Unifor National President, uh, with more good news, of course, about the CAMI plant and the ratification that happened and uh, the commitments from federal and provincial governments for that. And, and just look at where we were three or four years ago. You know, but the, with the terrible news about the Oshawa plant shutting down and the Windsor plant, and there was some concern that Ford was going to shut down the uh, the Oakville plant. It's been open for so many years. Uh, but the industry has pivoted, and they're reinvesting. And that's the nice thing. They're not just saying, okay, we'll give you guys a break, and we'll let you make cars here. They're putting millions and millions of dollars into the Canadian auto industry, and that's good news for everybody involved. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.